When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. It's a Vanderpump Rules recap episode with just me this week, and we have a lot to get to, so let's go. That was a callback, you guys. I don't know if you caught the transitional music this week. In between those opening credits and the first scene, this was the song that they played. They played, <laughs> Let's Go! I Don't Need No Partner. Whoa! <laughs> fresh High, Fresh High. Welcome to my gala. Whoa! <laughs> and then we're in Tom Tom. <laughs> like, what? Oh, man, I laughed, I laughed, I laughed. And then just as I was settling in to enjoy myself after that dynamic transitional music, I saw on my screen a horror site. I saw Ken Todd. Now, 
let me just send out an SOS to the Bravo editors and producers. I do not need the first character that I see on this show to be Ken Todd. That was the very first person we see when we get into Tom Tom, and that is a hard no for me. Now, you guys know how I feel about Ken. I love Lisa, but I do not need to see Ken first thing. It's like, you know, give me some time to warm up to it. It was like, there's plenty of other secondary characters we could check in on, show me anyone else, the main characters, or anyone else, literally anyone else. It was like, the first thing we saw was Ken and Pandora, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Let's not do that. I made a list, actually, of secondary Vanderpump Rules characters that I would have preferred to see at the opening of the episode instead of Ken. Now, I'd just like to read that list to you guys, because I would prefer any of these people. In addition to our main cast members, any of these people besides Ken to be the first person on screen. So this is my preferred list. Adam, Raquel, James's mom, Dana, Erica, Sheena's mom, Sheena's frog stuffed animal, Peter, Vale, Miami girl, Laura Lee, Shay, James's brother, Schwartz's brother, Sandoval's dad, Paul, James's old roommate, Lance Bass, Hope and or Faith, the Bubba sign, Kathy. Now those are all people that we've seen on Vanderpump Rules, that I would prefer to see instead of Ken Todd. Really. I mean, anyone else. I'd love to know what Paul's doing. Like, let's check in with him, and then let's get to our main cast members. It was like, this week, we saw Ken and Pandora right off the bat, right from the get-go. Not cool. Anyone else. You know, Ken's barely awake on screen. There's no reason we should be opening an episode with him. Because right off the bat, I was like, I'm not really on board with this. I wasn't excited to watch, and I want to be excited to watch. So, you know, like, let's get him off screen. On Beverly Hills Housewives, he's, like, taking a nap on camera a couple weeks back. Like, we don't need him on Vanderpump Rules looking sleepy-eyed again. Like, enough. Enough is enough. Like, show me Lisa. I want to know what Lisa's up to. Just open on her. Like, let's see her mixing drinks or running that TomTom business. Literally anything else. So, anyway, we're at TomTom. Again, Pandora's there, too. No thanks. Hard no. <laughs> Hard no on Pandora. Big pass. Anyway. We see Tom and Tom, we see Schwartz is there. Sandoval's not. Now, I don't know if you guys caught the after show, but they're doing like this Vanderpump Rules after show, and the boys were being interviewed. And apparently, that terms sheet, it says at the top of the term sheet, according to Tom Sandoval, it says non legally binding contract. And I've been telling you guys, I have my doubts about this whole contract and term sheet and everything. And it seems that there are some other issues. There are some sketchy things going on. I encourage you all to look up that after show. It was on maybe bravotv.com or something. Check it out because it was interesting. Oh, it was good. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Like, why is this a non-binding contract? It's real sketchy. That contract stuff is real sketchy. And meanwhile, Sandoval's not there. And Schwartz said he had something come up. And then Lisa says, what's more important than this? And I thought, that's so fucking shady, because she's been the one telling him not to come there. And then later on in the episode, she tells them that after they open, they're allowed to go on vacation. So it's like, which is it? Which is it? Like, is he working there and owning the place, or is he not? Because I find this whole thing very bizarre, and I think they're bamboozling all of us. I truly do. I believe it. I believe we're all being bamboozled. Anyway, then we got to Sandoval's other plans was him at a motorbike shop. And he's shopping for a motorcycle with a sidecar. Now, he said his budget is $15,000 for a motorcycle sidecar. Ariana says very wisely, she says, we're buying a new house. You're starting a new business. 
maybe $15,000 for a motorcycle with a sidecar so that you could show up to TomTom is not the best use of funds. But look, who am I to question their finances? It just seems to me that Ariana maybe was right that they shouldn't spend $15,000 on a motorcycle. I don't know. You know, the finances is interesting. Like, I've always wondered what was going on with, like, how much they're paid. Of course, I asked Stassi when she was on the show, I said, do they get paid for appearances at these bars and restaurants? Because I feel like they should. However, I do think they make a lot on, like, Instagram sponsorships and stuff. Because if you look at any of these Vanderpump Rules kids, they're all hawking the merch. And they make, they give you a lot of money to do that kind of stuff. And so I can only imagine what they're bringing in. So I feel like 15 grand for a motorcycle, he can make that in a couple Instagram posts. So I don't know, but it still seems, don't get me wrong, it's still a very poor use of funds. <laughs> also, I feel like it was all for the show. So like, couldn't the show have bought that? Maybe they did buy that. Because that motorbike or, you know, the sidecar thing, we do see him roll up in that in the future episode. So maybe that was like part of the budget or something. But then we cut to Tom's brothers. They're in town. Those triplets are in town. I got really excited, and then I was let down. I thought, oh, I was excited to see these boys. We haven't seen them since last season. Last season, they were really fun. I remember it was like they got a little makeover, and like it was all fun and games. This episode, it was like they showed up, and they didn't even want to show us the footage. We saw it in like flashback form. Uh, then we cut to Jackson Brittany's apartment. Britt is icing her face after her wisdom teeth, and then she does a jello shot, which is a choice. Then Stasi shows up. Stasi was there. She's the one who brought the jello shots. I don't know how I feel about jello shots. You know, I got sick off them in college and never been able to really like go hard on them anymore. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just thinking about it now. I'm trying to decide. I guess I support them. <laughs> I guess I support jello shots. That's where I land. <laughs> if anyone cares. How about we all take a moment to think about where we land on jello shots? Just think to yourself. I can't really decide if they're gross or amazing, but I'm going to I'm going to decide right now that I think they're amazing. That's what I've just decided. Okay, thank you for going with me on that journey. Now, Stasi tells Brittany about Carter and Kristen's relationship and that whole reptilian brain thing from that relationship summit that they did with Bo's mom. You know, Brittany says she says whenever she says this in regards to Kristen and Carter, she says, whenever I catch them getting tooty with each other, it's under their breath. Whenever I do catch them like getting tooty with each other, they're doing it like under their under breath. Their breath <laughs> she said tooty, which made me, you know, like attitude. I loved it. It was a Brittany soundbite of the week. That's that's what it was. Then we cut to, oh, you guys, this was a good transition song. We got lots of good transitional music this episode. Really good stuff. So this was <laughs> the la- <laughs> the lamest <laughs> the lamest song I've ever heard. Okay, I'm gonna try to do it like they did. Welcome to the high life, that next level, that next level. Yeah, everything I do is big. Pedal to the metal, fast lane, running like the rebels. That next level. Welcome to the high life, that next level, that next level. Yeah, was into James DJ. <laughs> Welcome. I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> Welcome to the high life, that next level, that next level. Yeah, everything I do is big. Pedal to the metal, fast lane, running like the rebels. That next level. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Who the fuck wrote those lyrics? 
<laughs> it's like a kid's bop Fast and the Furious lyric. It's like, what the fuck? You know, big pedal to the metal, fast lane, running like the rebels. I'm not even sure that that line was right. I, you know, they play it at such a low volume. You can't really hear anything. But I did listen to it like at least 50 times. <laughs> over and over again. 50 times. <laughs> that pedal to the metal. But who's writing this shit? Oh my god. The Crappens boys are right. It's that Trixie Monocle. She deserves a star. Star on the Walk of Fame. Anyway, yeah, we we then get into James DJing. This whole DJing thing, it's like, James shouldn't be DJing at Sir or the other one. It's like, he's making much more money at this ohm. That's where he was at this Hollywood nightclub. I just feel like, you know, he should be doing that. Just make his music, make those mixtapes, make songs with other cast members, and you know, make it happen. I wonder if he knows how to play any instruments. Does James know how to play instruments? Like, I know he knows how to DJ and mix music and make music, but I wonder if he can just, like, play the fucking piano. You know what I mean? Or, like, the recorder. Do you guys remember playing that? You know, I was thinking about this week. I took piano lessons when I was younger. It was for a very short time. I was, like, maybe eight or nine or something like that, and I didn't learn a thing. It was, like, a couple years. I didn't learn one goddamn thing. I it was at this woman's house. I don't remember. Her, I think her name was like Miss Janice. It was Miss something. Miss something like I think it was Miss Janice. But every time I would go over there, this is an aside. You guys take this detour with me. Sit back, relax, and take this detour with me because I'm gonna reminisce. So I used to go to this woman's house, and she was very. Her name was Miss Janice. She's very strange. And very thick fingers, like when she was showing me like the keys, it was like she had brick fingers, so it was like every note was really hard. <laughs> Came down really hard on that keyboard, or that piano. But I would go to her house, and her whole living room was like lined with pictures of horses. Like she loved horses, so she had all these like fucking oil paintings of horses. Then she had two dogs that she hated. She hated them, and the dogs' names were Butts and Kelly, I'll never forget. Butts and Kelly. Which is a weird choice for dog names because it's like usually if you're gonna name dogs after like human names, you would name both of them after human names. But this was like Butts and Kelly. So it was like, how did she come up with these two names? And they were two little like yappy lap dogs. Now Miss Janice hated these dogs. So every time I would go in there, the piano was in the living room, and it was right next to where it went into the kitchen. And she had one of those, like, doggy divider doors or whatever, like those doggy fences that she would put up. And so she put the dogs on the kitchen just a few feet away from us. We would sit down at the piano, and those dogs, every time I would play a note, they would yap. (laughs) They did not like my playing. And (laughs) Miss Janice would get so fucking pissed at these dogs. She would just start shouting. She'd be like, like, the dog would yap, and she'd be like, butts, butts, quiet quiet. And then I'd start playing another note, and she'd be like, Kelly! Kelly! Quiet! And then I'd play another note, and she'd be like, if you don't be quiet, I'm gonna hit you with a two-by-four! And she was always threatening with a two-by-four. She's like, I will hit you with a two-by-four, Kelly! 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 <laughs> butts and Kelly. Poor Butts and Kelly. And I, poor me, I never got a note in. It was like, anytime I start playing a song, I was just there to learn fucking chopsticks. And she would just yell at these dogs. And then I, I remember at one point, she like picked up like Butts or Kelly. And she would like, you know, when a dog's learning to potty train and like they poop in the house and then you're supposed to like put their face in it. <laughs> she would do that, but she would put their faces in like the horse painting and she'd be like, the horses don't bark. 
<laughs> I'll never forget. She'd always say, the horses don't bark. And she like put their faces in the horse picture. And I'm just sitting at the piano. Like, when am I going to learn fucking chopsticks? Like, <laughs> Butts and Kelly were interrupting my lessons every goddamn week. And then it was an hour lesson. I didn't learn a thing. Two or three years, I took lessons with Miss Janice. And all I learned was that Butts and Kelly had a really rough time. Never saw any physical abuse, but I definitely saw some emotional abuse when she would show them those horse paintings and say, horses don't bark. You know, that must have been scarring for Butts and Kelly. My mom would pick me up and she's like, what did you learn? I'm like, that Butts and Kelly need to shut the fuck up or she's going to hit him with a two by four. <laughs> oh, Miss Janice. So in conclusion, I don't know a lot of piano. I can play When the Saints Go Marching In. That's about all I learned. I did also learn that Butts and Kelly, you know, they had a, a tough go at it. Justice for Butts and Kelly. <laughs> but you know what? Horses don't bark. So that's another thing I learned. <laughs> anyway, where were we? James is DJing. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that detour we took. I love you all. Anyway, then Tom, Tom, and Jax and the brothers arrive. And they had this very entourage moment at this Hollywood club. Like, they're outside of the club. And Tom Sandoval's like, to the Schwartz triplets, he's like, Welcome to Hollywood Boulevard. And let me just say, Hollywood Boulevard is literally a street full of piss. It's like a disgusting cesspool. <laughs> that place where they were on Hollywood Boulevard, it's like not a nice place. So, like, I know in the movies and stuff, people think of like Hollywood Boulevard is like really nice. There's literally just people pissing on the floor. I, I'm not kidding you guys, and this is going to sound gross. I literally saw a man take a shit on the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. Like, saw literal shit coming out of his butt. And it was right on Hollywood Boulevard, like the Walk of Fame. So, you know, if you're thinking, if you're thinking about coming here, just know that Hollywood Boulevard's not a very nice place. There's nice little pockets and a couple of nice places there. But where they were... You know, where Sandoval's like, welcome to Hollywood Boulevard. It's like, there's probably a man pissing behind you. I'm just saying. It wasn't, and it was a very entourage moment. But they get a VIP table there. There's a girl dancing on one of Tom's brothers. A very troubling look into straight life, straight club nightlife. Not somewhere I want to be. Take me to a gay bar. You know, a gay bar or something owned by Lisa Vanderpump. That's all I want to do. I don't want a night out at a straight Hollywood club. Sounds awful. But... This place is packed. And I thought, why would James want to go to Sir? Like, this is a nice place. Also, they decide that, this is funny, they decide that they're going to have a bachelor party to honor, like a, a Tom Tom opening bachelor party. So they want to get away. And it's a very ridiculous reason for a cast trip. Completely ridiculous reason. Like, I, we've all seen these happen on these shows before, where it's like they have to get a reason why they're going on a cast trip. And this was a very tough one. Now, I always think that the worst setup for a cast trip was, of course, on The Real Houses of Orange County when Megan King Edmonds was like, I want to go to Ireland, like, you know, see where I'm from or whatever. And then let's all take a cast trip there. And the way they did the invitations, it was like very, very bizarre, very funny. But this was like right up there, I thought. It was like, let's have, we're going to have a Tom Tom bachelor party. Let's go on a cast trip. So this was tough. It was. But. Sandoval's trying to get everyone over the James stuff. He invites James on this cast trip. We see it happen. Jax and Schwartz are involved and happy about it, too. So James is invited. And it seemed like all the guys were on board. Let me just say that up front. Schwartz, Sandoval, and Jax were all on board, and they were all saying, yes, James, come. Okay, so then we cut to the cat cafe, which a cat cafe is not for me. I'm allergic to cats. 
love cats are great. I'm no shade to cats. I'm just highly allergic. So it is what it is. But Ariana said that she felt cats don't get enough attention. And I support that because we do always see dogs on this show. And so, you know, I like the equal, equal rights, equal rights, equal attention for cats. Now, last week on the show, I said that they didn't troll Sheena at all. Sheena wasn't on screen at all much last week. But of course, every other week we've had like a Sheena troll moment. And now this is where we got the Sheena troll moment because Ariana and Stasi are in this cat cafe. And Stasi sees a cat and she says, I'm going to call it Salem, like the basic bitch I am. And then Ariana says, Well, Sheena's cat's name is Salem. And L O fucking L, they flash back to Sheena <laughs> talking to her cat Salem. And then, <laughs> then they cut back to the girls just literally laughing at Sheena. It's like, that's what happens every fucking week. It's like, they cut from a flashback of Sheena, and then they cut up to everyone else either rolling their eyes at her or laughing at her. <laughs> so, so mean. <laughs> so, so mean. <laughs> that was our Sheena troll moment of the week. It's like, they can't go, they went one week without trolling Sheena, and then it was like, right back, right back on board, right back to the pattern we've been in all season. I'm here for it. But, you know, like, that's an example of them training us to dislike Sheena. <laughs> and P.S., if I had a cat, I'd name it Salem, too. I'm basic in that way, too. I would name it Salem, and I'd talk about Hocus Pocus any chance I could get. <laughs> anyway, then the girls talk about how Kristen's posting on social media about how great Carter is and how it's a pattern. She did that with Sandoval. Something to think about. Then we cut to Tom and Tom at Gelson's, which, you guys, this grocery store that they were at is the grocery store I go to. It's literally across the street from my apartment. I recognize the woman who does the checkout. I was so excited that Gelson's was on screen. It looked beautiful. I liked seeing them at the grocery store. It felt like a new location, didn't it? Like, I was A, excited that they were at my grocery store, but then I was also B, excited. It was like a fresh locale. And I thought, we need, this is what we need. We need some, like, fresh locations that aren't, you know, the typical that aren't Sir, that aren't Pump, that aren't Tom Tom. Like, let's get them in grocery stores, you know? Maybe take them, I don't know, an arcade or mini golf or something. I don't know. I'm spitballing. But I like seeing a new location. And they talk about how they're going to Puerto Vallarta. That's where their little bachelor party for the Tom Tom is going to be at. And they show us that Lisa's encouraging it. So they show us a little flashback of them talking to Lisa and Lisa saying, like, yeah, you guys should go get away, even though it's right after Tom Tom's opening. You guys should go get away. And now this is what I think is poor storytelling. Because at the very beginning of the episode, like I said, Lisa was like saying, how come Tom's not here? This should be the most important thing. And then now we're seeing her be like, yeah, you should go on vacation. Which is like, well, which is it? This is poor storytelling because it's like you're trying to make it seem like it's a big deal that they're there all the time. But then also you're trying to make it seem like they don't need to be there. They should go on vacation. I'm on to you guys. I'm on to you. Okay, there's some bamboozlement going on here, and I would like answers. Do they own this place or not? I don't know. I don't know. So then, okay, so they get out of Gelson's, the grocery store, and Tom and Tom call the girls. The girls are at the cat cafe. They call the girls on the phone, and they say, you know, we're going to go to Puerto Vallarta. Let's all go to Puerto Vallarta. And Katie, on the other line of the phone, she says, who's going to go? And I wrote in my notes, the cast, you dumb fuck. <laughs> that was mean. That was harsh. I, I didn't mean it personally. I just meant like, I don't understand on these shows when it's like, we're asking who's going. It's like, the cast is going. We're on a cast trip. 
Where do the fuck do you think's going? <laughs> We're going on the cast trip. The cast is fucking going. The main cast members, that's who's going. Maybe a couple secondary people, but for the most part, the entire main cast is going to be there. It's contractually obligated that we all go on this cast fucking trip. <laughs> and now they're going to disinvite James, and uh, I don't know, you guys, this, this bugged me, and I know James said some terrible things. I got really, I got really in, in, what's the word, indignant? I don't know if that's the right word, but Ariana was right. She said Sandoval gets all the heat and Schwartz gets off. Because it is, like, Sandoval is taking the blame for inviting James. But we saw the footage ourselves. Jackson and Schwartz were there, and they told James to come, too. So it's like, why are we all getting mad at that? Schwartz gets away with fucking everything. And that's where, that's where I start to side with Katie, where I start to feel bad for her, because I'm like, her husband literally gets away with anything because he's like a lovable rascal. And it's like, that would be so fucking frustrated if I was married to that, which I'm not saying I would ever be, but I would get so frustrated if everyone thought my husband or boyfriend or whatever was this lovable guy who could do no wrong. And then I'm like some monster. I don't know. It's just like, come on. Then we cut to, (laughs) this was funny transitional music. It was, let's just drive, let's drive, let's go. That was the transitional music. And then it was like into Carter and Kristen's dinner. (laughs) Let's drive. Let's drive. Let's go. A lot of like driving music, you know? We got to talk about the drink orders. Now, Kristen and Carter sat down at this very nice restaurant. It looked like it was inside of a hotel. It's their anniversary. It didn't look like nighttime. It was daytime. This nice gentleman waiter comes over and he asks what they would like to drink. Now, Carter, I want to read through his drink order. So Carter was doing the ordering. And I just want to read through what he said. So at first, Carter said, Tito's Dirty Martini. Then I'll do a Hendrix up. So that was implying that Kristen was going to have the Tito's Dirty Martini, and then Carter was going to have the Hendrix straight up. Okay? That would have been great to just end it there, right? Like, that's what a normal couple would have done. However, then Carter went on to say, Do you have any Italian Pinos? And the waiter said yes. Then Carter says, can we get a Sauvignon Blanc for the lady? So, <laughs> so now we have Kristen with a Tito's Dirty Martini and a Sauvignon Blanc. And we have Carter with a Hendrix straight up and an Italian Pinot. Now, this seems like an excessive amount of drinking for an anniversary. And look, I'm no relationship expert. I'm not Dr. Ruth. But I would just say maybe this is part of the problem in the relationship. Maybe they're drinking too much. I don't know. Again, not an expert. But I would just suggest... At a nice dinner, maybe don't order two different kinds of alcohols for four drinks. And I'm not even sure those wines might have been full bottles. It was very unclear. But maybe just start with one, try one, and then move on to the next one. And, and maybe, you know, maybe do wine. Or if you're having trouble in your relationship, you guys are arguing a lot when you're drinking, maybe just stick to no alcohol or a light wine. Maybe just one and maybe just share a bottle. You know, you don't each need a bottle. <laughs> I thought it was so fucking bizarre. <laughs> they literally had four drinks. And then Carter says to the waiter, like, the waiter's taking all these drink orders. He's writing like a fiend, you know. He's probably getting carpal tunnel writing down his notes with these drinks because there's so many goddamn drinks that they're ordering. So he's writing in his notepad. Then he goes away. He's like, okay, I'll be right out or whatever. And then Carter goes, thanks, doll. Like, he's some newscaster, or, you know, detective in the 1920s talking to his secretary. He's like, thanks, doll. <laughs> what? But who calls a waiter doll? So weird. <laughs> Thanks, doll. Like, what the fuck? These two. Carter's the worst. 
Thanks, doll. Go get, go fetch my hundred drinks that I just put in. <laughs> Good evening. Welcome to Mari. Can I get you started with anything to drink? Tito's um, Dirty Martini. Okay. And then I'll do a Hendrix up. Do you have any Italian pinos? Yes. And then can we get a Sauvignon Blanc with yeah. a lovely lady? Local places are for you. Thanks, doll. Anyway, it was a date night. It was their anniversary. It was revealed that Carter and Kristen met on Bumble. Okay, let's break down their first date. So this is what we learned about their first date. He offered her to sleep over. He said he would sleep on the couch. And then when she got there to his house, he didn't have a couch. So there's a lot to unpack here. So first of all, why did he... Well, I mean, of course I know why he asked her to sleep over that first night, because he wanted a boner. I get that. Maybe not the best decision for a first date, but they've been together a while, so who am I to judge? Why didn't he have a couch? Was he living in a studio? Like, what's going on with Carter's finances? Did he steal her wallet? Did he steal her money? We were heard that, but then, I don't know if you guys saw this past week, Kristen said on social media that he didn't, like, take her wallet. Do you remember we saw in the episode last week that he, like, took her wallet, went on vacation? Apparently, like, he, she had just left her ID in his wallet or something, and then he had to fly somewhere, so she, he had it. I don't know. It was, I felt like she was covering for him. I don't know. but. What's going on with his finances? Like, was he living in a studio apartment and now he's living with Kristen and is she paying for everything? Because that's what I'm led to believe. That's what the other girls say. I don't know, you guys. I need to know. I need his tax returns. I need, I need Carter's tax returns immediately because I need to know what we're working with. How am I supposed to watch this man on reality TV when I can't get my head around his finances? I don't know. So let's release the tax returns. Let's demand our reps get in touch with Carter's tax returns because we need that information. And this whole dinner that they're at is disturbing. Oh, I also, Kristen fucked him in the kitchen that first night. So that's, you know, he did at least have a kitchen. <laughs> so, silver lining. Carter had a kitchen when they first met. But this dinner, Kristen says, maybe I'm a giant pain in the ass and I need to find someone who doesn't mind me being a giant pain in the ass, which was very wise of her. At least she understands. And... Carter, this whole time, is very passive-aggressive. It seemed like the most depressing, like, anniversary dinner ever. They didn't even get along, and it was their anniversary, and that just bummed me out. They need a breakup. They need a breakup. Then we cut to Schwartz and Stasi going to a waxer. He said, I think he said, and I might have gotten this wrong because there were some noises going on, so I apologize if I got this wrong, but I think he said he's trying to get sex once a month which bummed me out again. It was like, I was so bummed out from that Kristen Carter scene. And then we got to this wax center, you guys. And this was a real low point for me. And I, we're going to go through it. But this was, that was sad. I think he said that. And that bummed me out. And then it bummed me out that Stasi was getting her vag bedazzled. And she got the kiss mark in the crown. And I thought there was a cameraman right there. And they literally had to blur her vagina. They had to blur her Christine Baranski. And... The cameraman filmed it head on. It was like he was between the legs or, you know, he was right over there, right by her, you know, right by her Meredith Grey. And he just filmed it and they blurred it. And I thought, whew, wow, is this worth TV? Is this worth the price of fame? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. This was a real low point for me. And then Tom took his top off and he said his confidence was down. He doesn't have much hair, but he said he had a patch that he wanted wax, and I thought, why well, he should just shave it. It wasn't like that much. I don't know why he would get that wax. It like didn't seem like something you would get wax. It just shave it off, and it probably grows back so slowly. It wasn't that much. I know how hair growth is. 
And I just was disgusted. I was truly disgusted by this scene. I know it was meant to be high comedy, but I didn't find it funny. I found it really just over the line. It was like crossed the line for me. I think we went too far here. And it was not funny. I don't know what could have made it funny. I don't know. Maybe just like not having to blur out Stasi's vagina. I don't know. I'm trying to think of another creative way to say her vagina. I don't want to have to keep saying vagina, but it was like, maybe we think of another way to blur out her princess peach. You know, just don't show it. Thought we crossed the line. Then we cut to Girls Night at Sir. Now we have a Sheena spotting. She's not been in the episodes much, but she did bring fuzzy slippers and hooker boots. She brought both of them. Brittany shows up. Now the brothers were gone. All of a sudden, the brothers who arrived at the beginning of the episode were gone. It was like so anticlimactic with those triplets. Here and, here and there. Here and gone. And I wrote in my notes, at this point in the episode, I was bored. I was really bored. And it did take a turn. I will say the last part of the episode was really exciting, but... By this point, I was very bored. I thought this was a not great episode. And you know, I try to remain positive about these episodes. I do love this show. I still think it's better than anything else on TV besides Roni. But this was like a little bit, I was like, okay, I'm bored. I don't know. Maybe I was just had a bad taste in my mouth after seeing Stasi and her vag get bedazzled. I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> then we have Kata, Katie and Sheena in the kitchen. There was more transitional music that was just like, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. And then it was like Katie and Sheena in the Sir Kitchen. And Sheena said she got a $100 tip because of her bra. She was just wearing, just she just had the girls out. The girls were out while she was working. And she said somebody gave her a $100 tip. And she invited Katie. She said, I want the girls to come to Marina for dinner. I'm going to make you guys dinner. And I don't know if you guys caught this, but Katie was literally rolling her eyes almost the entire, like, it looked like Katie was miserable talking to Sheena. Again. Just want to show everyone, for the record, it's more proof of the editors and the cast and the producers training us to dislike Sheena, because Katie was sitting there talking to Sheena, and it looked like she was miserable. She looked miserable. She eventually just agreed to go to dinner at Sheena's, but it didn't seem like she very much wanted to. She didn't want to. Now, Katie's still very pissed about James going on this trip, and Katie blames Sandoval, and I got so mad that she blamed Sandoval. And... This is when I wrote, Schwartz is honestly the worst. I know I know everyone hates Katie. I get it. But it's like, why is Schwartz getting off with everything? He's allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants. And no one says a goddamn thing. And his wife's always the bad guy, or his best friend's always the bad guy. Like, have you guys noticed that? Like, the two people that are closest to Schwartz are always the ones who look the worst when it comes to any sort of situations. Like, Sandoval and Katie both look like monsters when anything... Schwartz does, and he just gets away with it, and he looks like a lovable rascal. I know last week I said I was very attracted to him, but this week I was not. Let the record show. Let <laughs> the record show. I do want to say, like, during this whole thing, Bo really seemed to get it. Bo really seemed to get it, and I just want to point that out. Meanwhile, at the bar, Jax is working at the bar, and somebody came out to the bar and ordered a mojito, and Jax just straight up said he's not muddling. <laughs> In what world? is the bartender just saying, I'm not muddling that. The girl, the poor gal on camera was like, I'd like a mojito. And Jax was just like, nope, not going to do it. (laughs) Not muddling. (laughs) Not interested. It's a hard no. (laughs) Like, what? 
Like that is not a bartender. Like I would be so pissed if I was Lisa and I saw that. I would be like, "You're fi-. that would be enough to fire someone." Like Jax has gotten away with a lot of stuff, and it's shocking that he even still works there. But that would have been what crossed the line for me as the owner of that place. I'd be like, "You can't just say no. You don't want to muddle." Like no, you're fired. That's if I was Lisa watching this episode, I'd be like, "You're never bartending again. You can bust tables or something, but you're not bartending if you refuse to make someone a mojito. It's not even like some out there drink. It's like a fucking mojito. Everyone orders a mojito." I do understand. I used to bartend. I do understand it's like not the most fun drink to make, but it's like something that you have to make. You can't just say, nope, not going to do it. Not muddling. I don't know. Come on. So then Tom and Tom go out by the Sir Dump, my favorite location. Truly favorite location. I wrote my notes. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God we're at the Sir Dump where, you know, dreams are made of. And... Schwartz tells Sandoval that they need to uninvite James. So they even show us, the producers and editors show us a flashback to Schwartz inviting James. Schwartz inviting James on this trip. And then Schwartz is at the Sir Dump telling Sandoval that he needs to uninvite James. I was screaming through the TV. I was like, you fucking uninvite him. Like, you're the one who invited him, so you uninvite him. If your wife and you are the ones who don't want him there, then you uninvite him. Like, why does Sandoval have to uninvite him? It was like, justice for Sandoval. Like, come on. Come on. And then Ariana, just as I'm yelling at the screen, she comes running out there, and she's got the eye of the tiger, and she's like really ready to let Schwartz have it. And she says, you know, why is my husband, or why is Tom always taking the blame for everything? And she was so right. And this is when the episode started to pick up and I got excited. It was like things started, it all started happening. And then Katie came out and Katie seemed wasted to me. Like she was pretty drunk, I think. And then all hell broke loose. First of all, Ariana seemed to tone it down right when Katie got there, which was a little upsetting because I was like, she seemed so like fired up. And then Katie came out there and she kind of reeled it in. And I thought, oh, it was so, it, it was like we were having so much fun. And then. Katie came out, and she was drunk. Tom says that they've given Katie allowances. They do a flashback to Katie bullying Kristen, Lala, Schwartz. Poor Schwartz always has to see that footage of Katie saying that his dick don't work. (laughs) Nothing more emasculating than having to watch on TV, like, at least three times a season that your wife said your dick doesn't work. Wow. You know what? But it's what he deserves, frankly. For all this... Things, all these things that Schwartz is doing and getting off the hook for, he deserves to see that footage even more. I would like them to play it even more as a comeuppance. You know, justice for Katie, and frankly. But she did bully. She bullied Kristen Lala. And she, remember, she was like slut shaming Lala for a while. Sandoval was right that Katie gets all these allowances. And James, although he said some terrible things, I'm not saying that he hasn't. He said some really awful shit. Fat shaming is like disgusting and the way the things he did more than once. More than one time. So I'm not letting him off the hook, but it's like all of these people are monsters. They've all said terrible things. Not all of them, but most of them have said terrible things. So we saw the footage of Katie saying terrible things. So it's like we have to we have to have some sort of standards here. And it, we have to draw the line. And I think we need to stick to that line. So if this is gonna be the new line, if like James those things that he said, the fat shaming things, that's a line that we cannot cross. Then we have to live here forth. <laughs> I'm suggesting that from now on, we always have to follow that line. So we have to, if any of these other people say things that are, you know, similar or remotely in that same sort of region, then we have to outcast them as well. That's what I'm saying. Then Katie starts crying. 
She said she's tired of people talking about her body, and I feel bad. I did feel bad. Because we do see the flashback of James saying these things about Katie, and it was disgusting. And if he would have said those things to me, like I, don't, I would have not gotten over it. I would have been ter- I would have been horrified. I would have cried in the shower every day. I already cry in the shower a lot, but I would have been devastated if he said half of the things that he said to Katie and me, and I would have not gotten over it. I just want to be clear about that. Like I could not get over the things that he said. But then Schwartz was literally laughing through this. So Katie's crying, and I know she was drunk, but her and Tom Sandoval are arguing, and Schwartz was just laughing through all of this, which is so fucking gross. He's her husband, and he was just laughing through her crying, and I thought, ugh. And I know she's like made some scenes before, so maybe he's whatever. But even last week, do you remember when they were having that big argument with Carter? Schwartz was just in another room, like laughing, and I thought, "What is going on? That is not okay, not okay." Ugh, I don't know. I need him to either be on her side or not, or I don't know. Like their relationship, Ugh. this whole episode bummed me out a little bit. You guys, bummed me out. So then we see Tom. Tom. We cut to Tom. Tom. It's the next day. They're having a food tasting. Lisa suggests that they have a bucket to spit out the food. Then James shows up. Now, James shows up and he sees Lisa and he asks Lisa if he could DJ an event that Billy Lee is doing. Now, Lisa says yes. And I think we all know that Lisa wants James on TV because he makes great TV. So Lisa, of course, says yes to him. And this is what felt a little set up to me. It was like he said, she said yes right before he got in that big fight with the Toms. So that next week or whatever week it is that they show this event, Lisa can be on camera and say, well, I had already told James that he could DJ this event. But Lisa saw that whole fight, and so I feel like this is where things get murky, and I start to feel like maybe this is scripted or this is set up or something, because it was like, it happened right before that fight. And so I know in a future episode, Lisa's going to be like, well, I had already said that he can DJ at this event. (laughs) I had already said he could DJ at this event. Oh, that's my Lisa. Butts, Kelly, Kelly, I will hit you with a two by four. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> couldn't help myself. Anyway, so that's what I think is going to happen. She said yes, and she's going to be able to let him do it because she'd already said yes. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in LA. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing, because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, They just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, And also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. 
Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. Now, did you catch Teddy's brother, Hud? He was working there. Now, I wrote in my notes that he was cute, but then I remembered that I think there was like some sort of arrest or something, and I meant to look it up, and I didn't. But I'm going to look it up now. But I think, you know, Teddy from Beverly Hills, didn't her brother get into some some mischief? (laughs) He did. I think there was some sort of mischief. But he was working there, and we know that he doesn't work there anymore. But I wonder if they were, like, trying to set him up to be on camera or something more. I don't know. There was something going on there that I feel like we don't have all the answers to. But then the two Toms, they disinvite James on this vacation. And I do think it was bullshit to disinvite someone. It's like, I would be so pissed. Again, I'm not saying James is a saint or anything, but he was already invited to this thing. So it was like, you two invited him. You can't just disinvite him. And they did, and they James was pissed, and I felt bad. James called Schwartz a pussy, and he said, you know, I was just going to censor myself, but he said, fuck your wife. And it was intense. James said, Katie's dictating his summer. And I'm not, I don't know that he's wrong. I don't know that he's wrong. But then it's like, the minute we start to get on James's side, then he's in his confessional and he said, this is a quote from James. He said, fuck you, fatty, and fuck your weasel husband. 
or, or something like that. He said, fuck you, fatty, and fuck you, weasel. It's like, just when we're starting it on James' side, he has to say, call her fatty? Like, come on. Let me just say, Katie's not at all fat. Like, she's literally, like, if anything, I'd say she's thin. And I've seen her in person, and she's not at all, even, I wouldn't even say chunky or anything like that. Like, I, she's literally, like, I would say thin. She's, like, beautifully curvy, but she's, like, not at all. This whole narrative of, like, Katie being fat, it's, like, crazy to me. Like, literally, like, are we all looking at the same person? This is not. I don't understand this whole thing of, like, Katie being fat. And and furthermore, I sort of feel like, I don't should she even be upset about that? Because she's so not fat? But I would be, I would be upset about it. But it's such a weird thing that we're all just pretending like she's the fat one on the show, and she's, like, literally not at all, even overweight. I don't even think, if she were to go to the doctor, I don't even think the doctor would be like, you're even slightly overweight. He'd be like, you need to eat more. Like, she literally looks phenomenal, and I'm not judging anyone else. I'm just saying it's like a weird narrative that we're all pretending, or like, or or, or someone's acting on this show as if she's overweight. She looks phenomenal. It's a weird thing. Weird thing. But so, right, we're on James's side, and then he says something awful. And then we get it to be continued. TBC. To be continued. Now, next week, they go on vacation. We get that amazing Lala versus Raquel confrontation that we've been waiting for. We saw it in the trailer. We're finally going to see it in real time. And I, for one, can't wait when she calls Raquel a bambi-eyed bitch. Ugh, it looks good. It looks so good. And I'm excited for Lala to come back. I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of good stuff with Lala lately. I'm, like, ready for a Lala moment. A Lala fight. And that's the episode, you guys. Not my favorite, I'll be honest. A lot of it bummed me out. But we got some moments. The ending was thrilling, I thought. And maybe I just had a bad taste in my mouth because we opened with Ken. I don't know. Who knows? But that was the episode. We're going to have a Real Houses in New York recap later this week. It should be out Thursday. It'll be out a little bit later than it was last week. But that's because I think I'm having a special guest. We'll see. I hope you all listen to the Scary Island recap and interview with Sonia Morgan that I posted earlier this week. It's a delight. And what else? I want to say thank you guys for listening. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. Oh, I want to say people have been asking about the pop dives. I just posted a brand new pop dive over on the Everything Iconic Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash everything iconic, click become a patron. And if you donate $4 or more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. I just posted a full bonus episode. It's a pot dive with Ryan Bailey, who's fantastic. He's been on the show before. But him and I, we talk. This is, it's a very niche, niche, niche pot dive about Michelle Pfeiffer's performance as Catwoman in the Batman Returns movie. And it's Brian and I had so much fun chatting about it, but it's very specific, but it's wonderful. And if you're into that sort of thing, into the pop culture pop dives, it's over there now. So I hope you go listen. And what else? I want to thank Samson Technologies for sponsoring the show, and I want to do our little cooldown. So let's all take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in, hold it, and think about your bestie, your best friend. Breathe out. Now, Schwartz and Sandoval are best friends, and I felt like Schwartz didn't really like treat Sandoval the best this episode, so I just want to encourage all of you to reach out to your bestie, your BFF, and just tell him you love him and, I don't know, just have a moment and chat and just, you know, check in with each other and be nice to each other. Be nice to each other. I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. 
Icons. I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.